a little taken back, you know, um, God is so good, and, and uh, this has already been so much confirmation. It's about what I want to share with you guys today. It just really touches my heart, man, to, like, see the goodness of God in my life. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, I want to minister to you guys about uh, freedom and seeing through the eyes of faith this morning. Just thank God for his presence here. I really believe, you know, that uh, God wants to share something to each of our hearts today. The title of my message is uh, Free Indeed, if you guys are taking notes. You know, we have this idea of freedom, right, all throughout Scripture. It's going to jump right in. You know, freedom is, uh, in our context as Christians, the ability to be free from sin, right? Free to worship God. Not necessarily free to do whatever we want, right? If you look at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 15, it says, Shall we continue to sin because grace abounds? Right? We, we live in a country, America, that's known as uh, the land of the free. We're surrounded by freedom, supposedly, right? Freedom is central to the story of the Bible. You know, Israelites sought freedom from slavery. The entire story is about delivering God's people, really. If you pull up any page of this book, God's deliverance and freedom is woven into Jewish culture, even. There's, there's countless celebrations that uh, Jewish people will participate in and partake in to remember how God freed them from different oppressors, from slavery, right? And, and that is the opposite of freedom, right? It's slavery. Slavery implying, you know, being a slave to sin, for our context today, freedom and slavery are simply relative to what has our allegiance. What do you mean by that, Josh? Well, again, in Romans 6, God calls us slaves to righteousness, right? So we have this interesting dynamic here where God is leading people in freedom, but freeing them to become slaves once again to him, slaves to righteousness. And throughout history, people have attacked true godly freedom. People make different versions of freedom where they aren't actually free, wear these clothes, buy these things, talk this way, right? There's a great temptation to try to find freedom in those things. But you won't try, find true freedom in anything but Jesus Christ. Amen. You might feel free for a moment, but it's not God's freedom. So the text I want to uh, focus on for today's service here is John chapter 8. If you guys want to take a minute to open your Bibles to John chapter 8. in this chapter, you know, that we see the well-known verse, 
in verse 36. Right? Just as if you guys are all there, I'm going to read here from the New International Version. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Nice and simple and to the point. God wants us to be free from our insecurities, from our shortcomings, from the regret of our past, from the fear that we aren't good enough. Just in the verse before, he says, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God wants us to be free because when we learn to be free, when we learn to be free indeed, excuse me, God can use us and use our lives in a far greater capacity. I don't want to uh, spend a lot of time, you know, jumping into the text here because I have a lot I want to get across to you guys. But um, the eighth chapter of John, if you look at it, leading up to Jesus saying these words in verse 36, we see Jewish people arguing the entire chapter, right? God's people arguing. They're arguing about the woman in adultery. They're arguing about Jesus' testimony. They're arguing about Jesus' identity. They're arguing about who their heavenly father was. And I just picture Jesus looking at him and shaking his head like, you guys are a bunch of knuckleheads. God doesn't want his people fighting over meaningless things. He wants people walking in love and freedom. Everything Jesus did was that God, so that God would be accessible to each of us so that we could be free. And arguing over nonsense divides the body of Christ, right? We can see in chapter 22 of the book of Matthew that a house divided cannot stand. A body divided cannot function properly. You might have heard me say it before. And it's more than just following rules and looking a certain way and talking a certain way. Jesus is concerned with our heart. Above all of those things, God wants our heart to be in the right place so that we can be free indeed. In chapter 8, Jesus tells his people, if you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus is saying, if you spend time with me, if you learn my word, if you know my heart, if you follow my example then you would know the truth, and the truth would set you free. Can I share two verses with you? There's two verses that will change your entire life if you really look at them for what God is trying to speak to us through these verses. And it's Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. They asked Jesus, the teachers of the law, what is God's most important commandment? Right? And we see Jesus respond to them, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We see a threefold command here, right? To love God, love yourself, and love people, right? Because if you don't know, if you're not walking in freedom, and you're not loving yourself, 
the way that you ought to, then you can't love other people the way that God wants you to. But that's what free indeed looks like to me, loving God, loving yourself, and loving people. We couldn't love God because of sin, but because of Jesus. He made a way for us to truly love God and to be free to worship him. To truly love ourselves and to be free from the regret, from the chains of sin that held us down for so long and from our past. And to truly love people and to bring them into the freedom that we have in Christ. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for the sake of freedom that we are set free, right? That I picture like the Olympic torch, you know, when, when they're running and they're passing the flame onto the next person, right? We carry a, that flame of freedom to set other people free. We carry on our freedom to others, we're set free to set others free. We use our freedom to fight for freedom. And the exact thing that God has set us free from in all of our different situations and circumstances is exactly what someone else is going through now. God let you go through the things that you went through so that you could reach someone who's going through the same thing. Everything we go through is for a a reason, it has an immense amount of purpose, even the bad things. God is doing something that you can't understand from where you are, from the perspective that you have. But if you, if you see through the eyes of faith and you step back to see the bigger picture, it would all make sense. God tells us to just have faith. He's going to bring the good desires of your heart to pass on his time for his glory. God wants to use us to draw others to himself. That's why he calls us the light of the world. Amen? God wants to use us, use others to draw us closer to him in the same way. We see in scripture that, you know, it's better to give than to receive Right? We get blessed by being a blessing. It's a good feeling, you know, to be able to be there for others, to be able to help others. But we have to be careful, right? Because in the process, if we don't be careful, we can lose our freedom. Because in chapter 8, if you read that if you're not, if you don't stand firm, you may allow yourself to become burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We have to stand firm in Christ and who he says we are in the freedom that he's set us apart for. And it's so funny how we become free by enslaving ourselves to God. Isn't it amazing how God designed that for our lives? By enslaving ourselves to the desires of God and the furtherance of his kingdom, not our desires, we become free. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. As anybody might have told you, Pastor Gary, your testimony last night, you know, we go through hardship in this world. And the devil wants nothing more than to burden you down 
That's why he whispers in your ear and tells you every lie and brings up every mistake you've made. He tells you that you can't help other people find freedom because you're still messed up. He comes with fear and shame and regret and insecurity, and he gets us to be burdened down with a weight that we're not designed to carry. And when we're held down by all the burdens in our life that we aren't supposed to carry, God can't use us to our full potential because we're worn out from all the weight. We have to be intentional to walk in the freedom that God has given us every day, even though we're still messed up. We have to step out in faith, even though we're still going to fall short, even though we're still never going to get there, never going to be perfect, right? The time is now, and there's opportunities that are escaping you every second you don't put your foot out in faith. We have the only thing that can help this hurting world, Jesus Christ. We can't try to change ourselves first and then start doing things for God. If we did that, then we would never get anything done because we're never going to get there. If we wait until we're perfect to start living for God, the train's going to come and pass us by. Do you want to be, just be a Christian when you're at church and never have an impact on this world? Never have an impact on the relationships around you, on your family, on the legacy that you leave to your children? There's people outside of this building dying without Jesus. And all of us are here, hearing the word of God. And God wants to use, change us so that we can go out and change the world. You'll never clean yourself up on your own strength. If no one has ever told you that, I'm here to tell you that right now. Because if you could, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. Jesus sees us through the eyes of faith. Right? Jesus started calling Simon Peter long before he stepped into the fullness of his calling as the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. He sees your life for the potential that it could have in his kingdom. Thank God that he looks us at us and sees the finished work, not where we are now. And when you're free indeed, you have to step out in faith knowing that God is bringing his perfect will to pass in your life. When God prompts you to step out, he gives you the grace that you need to do what you have to do. God will be there with the strength that you need to keep making the right decisions, even though it's hard. And even though you aren't perfect, the perfect God will step down into your situations and use you to bring freedom to people who need it. When we would just surrender our life to him as slaves of righteousness. It's never just about us. Every miracle we read about in the Bible is for multiple people. Every life that God changes is that so many would be set free. God invests his freedom in us so that our lives would bring others freedom. And it's a principle we see all throughout the Bible. And I see even in my own testimony, you know, how God used these same exact things. You know, of course, 
having gone through the program, I wasn't always the guy up here on the podium. And as a matter of fact, I never in a million years would have saw myself to be the man that I am today. Most of my life was very dark and very far from God. Right? I lost my mom when I was about 10 years old to lung cancer. And this really tore my family apart. And I was left to grow up fast. Right? And my dad, being the hardworking man that he was, he did what he could to always provide for me, always had what I needed. But a lot of times, you know, that just left me alone. And I turned to all the wrong places looking for the love that I now know in Christ. I turned to friends, to drugs, to the streets, and I found a place where I could escape the pain of all my problems, the weight of all my responsibilities when I was high. I would get high all day, every day. And experimenting with drugs led me to harder drugs, stealing a lifestyle of crime, and selling drugs. And by the time I graduated high school, I was already using heroin intravenously. 17 years old. It didn't take long for my life to completely far, fall apart after that. My drug use caused me to lose absolutely everything. I ruined every relationship I had. My dad found a bunch of needles in my room. And he told me that I needed to go to a program or to go live on the street. And reluctantly, you know, as an 18-year-old now, I decided to go to Teen Challenge. And I didn't really know it was a Christian program. And um, I didn't know God. The only thing I knew of God was dead religion, you know, and statues in an old building. And people who would say things that I never really paid attention to. But there's no life out of reach. And I, I agreed to come into the program on February 3rd, 2014. And the day before... I had some friends bring heroin to my dad's house so I could use one last time. And I waited for everyone to go to sleep. Around 3 o'clock in the morning, I used one of the bags that I had, and I didn't feel high or anything. And I got so angry because I just wanted to get high one last time before I went to the program. So I used the rest of everything that I had, and I overdosed on the floor of my dad's living room. And by the grace of God, I know today that the Holy Spirit woke my dad up, and he heard me trying to breathe from upstairs. And he came downstairs to find me on the floor, lifeless. My skin, he said, had turned purple from not being able to breathe. And he was able to call the police in time for them to revive me. And I woke up to my aunt praying over me. As the paramedics loaded me onto a stretcher and into the ambulance, and I remember the words that she was saying, out of everything that happened that night, she said that this would not be the end of your story. Amen. She said that God was going to save me. And I should have died that night. But God had a different plan. I went to the hospital and I came into the program the next day. And there God started a process, which I'm still in to this day. I met the living God. And it wasn't easy. And it took me a long time to really get to the place of surrender that I find myself in today. For six months, I didn't even want to stop getting high while I was in the program. I remember telling my friends that I was going to be a heroin addict for the rest of my life, that I love doing heroin. 
that I would never be free. But today, seven years later, I stand in front of you free indeed. I, I know the freedom that Christ has for each of you. As many men before me and after me will come to know the same. And that's the heart of God that his children would be free. All of us have sinned and fallen short. And that sin has broken our relationship with God. But today, if you're not right with God, Jesus has his hand out. And he's asking you, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free from your past, your shame, your regret? The devil will use those things to single you out and to get you out of the presence of God. If the first thing that happened when Jesus died was that the veil in the temple tore and that the presence of God would be accessible to everyone, what do you think the devil's first mission is to get you out of the presence of God? Do you want to be free? Do you want to walk in freedom? Do you want to be free indeed? Maybe you need courage to step out of your comfort zone and share the freedom that you have. Greg, if you want to come up. And if you try to wait until you're ready, to, you'll never get there. Some of you have seen God moving mountains in your life. Even just getting some of you in these doors was a mountain that God moved in your life. You can't do anything to make God love you any more or any less than he already does. You know, because he looks at you the way that he looks at Jesus. He sees you and he sees Jesus, the finished work of the cross. There's a story in the Bible where they held two prisoners out, right? And Pontius Pilate left it up to the people where who would be set free, Jesus or Barabbas? And Barabbas, whose name actually means son of the master, he was a, a murderer, a career criminal. And the people chose him over Jesus. But in that moment, I could tell you that Jesus had to be treated like Barabbas so that Barabbas could be treated like Jesus. And we have that same opportunity this morning because God wants you to be free.